Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hello to anyone listening. This is the return of Miguel from Washington, my cousin. And if you follow the blog, you're probably aware of uh, what happened not long ago with uh, uh, Dimitri. Dimitri is our friend. Um, He's no longer with us, sadly. And uh, my cousin came down from Washington and I forced him to do a podcast with me. (laughs) Um, okay, so before we were recording, I was going to tell you that Gabby's got some really interesting things about, obviously through her beliefs, but it's like the uh, supernatural aspect of it. So it's like um, almost like demonic forces that influence us and like we were talking about the other day that it could be that uh, there's how would you say there's these because you remember I said when we were talking about that there's a battle inside our heads all the time and yeah. we don't know if that's what Dimitri was fighting and fighting with yeah himself. yeah so but she the way she sees it obviously I, I, I'm fascinated by it and I like talking to her about it because mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a different perspective to how I see it because I, I when you start to really explain it without really, how would you say, without giving it titles or concrete little categories to fit in, when you start saying that he was fighting his demons or he was fighting inner struggles and he uh, obviously, sadly, lost that battle. But when you're explaining it a certain way, it's difficult to see it as... A specific thing like for example if i say that he was fighting his inner demons just with that statement alone you can't tell if i'm religious or not like it could literally mean demons yeah. like spiritual forces or it could mean just thoughts like, in our minds yeah. and in the end it really doesn't matter like joe rogan always talks about how um like a, a psychedelic trip let's say you do acid or mushrooms or whatever regardless of what the experience was in the end it makes no difference because it still influenced you and it was real to you mm. so if we if you just saw like a freaking monster standing next to us right now and you get freaking Freak terrified out. and check your heart rate and it spiked up and everything it doesn't matter if that was there or not the end result still means the same um, and I guess I, I kind of mean that with uh, the thing too, that it's like you can talk with, for example, Gabby and get a understanding of like her uh, understanding of these things yeah. and her beliefs and, and what she, what words she uses to explain these things. And it's fascinating to me because it doesn't really clash. Like I, as a agnostic, can have a conversation with her and her being a believer and I still benefit from it 
Like, mm-hmm. it, it, that's, I guess that's the difference between, I have a helper at work that, well, he became a mechanic, but he was super religious and there's like a big distinction. This is one thing that I've discovered that like, there's be- believers that are just annoying where it's like you're watching a video and, oh that's demonic oh you shouldn't be listening to that music and it's like <laughs> there's no explanation and in the end it it just kind of turns you off from these people so that's like the dark side of religious people but then there's another side that they really study their text and they the way that they try to benefit from it sounds more like when they're reading the bible like they're reading uh, emotional well-being therapy book because they're seeing it as the internal struggle and understanding yourself and fighting negative thoughts and uh, allowing negative forces to enter. Like, for example, if you have a friend that is influencing you negatively, as an agnostic, you can see it as, oh, that friend's no good for you. That friend yeah. is making you be a bad person. You shouldn't be hanging out with them. Or you can see it as it's this spiritual energy that this person is feeding you. I mean, you need to sever that that link between them. And mm-hmm. because it's detrimental to you, it's, it's harming exactly. you. It's harming yeah. you as a person. And it, both those explanations fit in. Like if you say that person is connected to some dark spiritual energy you need to get away from them or if i say like dude that's not really a guy that's your friend he's not behaving like your friend he's not a good person you're essentially saying the same thing but one is through religion and the other one's to the other this is why that article was so difficult for me the one i wrote about dimitri because i wanted to give him like a I wanted to give him justice because I, on one hand, I don't deny that suicide is such a selfish thing. Like it's saying to everybody around you, like, I don't care what this does. I'm thinking about me right yeah. now and I, I need to end my suffering and I need to change or I made a decision and it doesn't factor into you. And that's obviously kind of heartless and really odd to say especially when you know the person and you love the person it's kind of it's like it almost sounds like you're being hypocritical because it's like that thing where you'll have uh, a certain belief like let's say um oh dude i would never cheat and then you get you meet somebody that failed and cheated and then you're like oh they're really close friends and i think that through friends you kind of learn these lessons where it's like you know what, I, it's my friend, I love the person, but they did this one thing that I don't like. And you always have empathy for your friends and understanding. And it kind of gives you this other perspective where you're like, okay, maybe not all people that do this are evil. Maybe there's more the to it. Justification. Uh-huh. It's like there's a reason to justify it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know exactly what you mean. And I, um, I, I would think that most of this is probably not going to be published, right? The videos that we found, okay. No, it's pretty much just, you know, personal family yeah. stuff, yeah. Uh, I, and he wanted it to be public. He uh-huh. wants it to be posted. But he didn't himself post any of this? He didn't get around to it? I don't know. Because, okay. like I said, he has the YouTube And real quick, page. just to explain to anybody listening, Dimitri did a series of videos before he 
uh, took his own life. And he, the, the, I guess the biggest takeaway for anybody that hasn't heard them is that he really focused on making sure that people didn't blame themselves for what he yeah. did. Which, it, it doesn't justify it, but I can see because he was such a loving and caring person, you can understand that that was his true goal to just yeah. make sure that nobody t took things the wrong way. And he says it in the video. He says, I want, I don't want any of what I did to be misconstrued. I don't want anybody to make up something that wasn't there. Exactly. I want to explain true, it. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I really liked about the whole thing is like, even though he was doing such a self selfish act, all he was really concerned about was everybody else's. Mm -hmm. And then he gave advice and then he made suggestions on certain people's lives and then he basically even went to the extent of like i know you'll be fine this is what's going to end up happening for you right. you you'll be okay you i want you to pursue cars cooking you dude uh -huh. you're, you're doing great just keep doing what you're doing you know right and it was just like such a positive note to leave off on mm -hmm. which i thought was very different and then what what really was weird to us is like when we heard the news it was like what the heck why is this so sudden like why is it he hasn't like we know Dimitri and Dimitri wouldn't just leave without saying nothing so we almost mm -hmm. thought it was like a murder at first oh really we, just me and my buddy you know drinking some beers mm -hmm. which was Cody this was our third best friend it was the three amigos me and Dimitri and well my buddy Cody so me and him are just obviously sitting there you know talk reminiscing and whatnot and like we came we're drunk just coming up with that conspiracy we're like well maybe cause like Dimitri would have to say something he wouldn't just leave without saying anything. Mm -hmm. And obviously we didn't have, which he left the videos on his phone, so we didn't have that at the time. So we didn't know of anything to obviously after the service. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you had seen it, but I hadn't. But I think that sadly the one part, and there is one more video that we haven't seen. Um, nobody has seen yet because we're trying to figure that out. But uh, I wish that it, he'd give us a little bit uh, more direct reason on why. Yeah, like what I, battles he was suffering? Uh -huh. or Because I don't know if it was something that he was afraid of in himself and he wanted to take away f instead of allowing anybody to get harmed. Harmed by it, yeah. Because anybody that was close to him knows that he had internal struggles. Mm -hmm. He had. But the, I mean, even that, putting all that aside he still just had such an amazing and beautiful mind mm -hmm. and that's the part that really hurts that's the part that feels like oh my god like what what, what could, could you have done and that's like you're the such thing. a strong person what really happened like when any musician beaten down or something uh-huh because with any musician as soon as you hear that such and such from band such and such died the first thought is, oh, I wonder what kind of music they would have done if they'd still be alive today. That's always the mm -hmm. thing. Uh, when a writer, you're like, oh, what could have, could have, what, what could books? be of today yeah. if they're still here? Yeah. And I think that that's the the sad thing that, I, I mean, because I've explored the concept of death so much, I think that it always comes down to, regardless of what happens after you die. The fact is that that person is no longer here in this physical world that we experience today. And that's the hard part. That every time you wake up, you're reminded that, oh, man, no matter what happens, that person is no longer here and they won't be here anymore. So I think that's the, the saddest thing, that it's like 
when somebody has that capacity, that impact in the world where, I mean, the kind of person that says, I'm tired of this town, I'm going to Hawaii and just gets a one way ticket to Hawaii and just starts living there. Like that's somebody that is being tied down. Like that person is somebody that needs to travel the world, that they, they don't need sets of rules and regulations that keep them in a certain part. And I think it, basing it on the audios that he did, it feels like that might have been a theme for him, that he felt like he was a big fish in a small pond living in Washington, in the small town that you guys live in. So it, it almost feels like I wonder if if he wasn't there, if he wasn't tied down or whatever kept him there, then friends, of course, family, then I wonder if that would have helped him. It's always, it's that thing where it's like, what could have changed it? Like, yeah, like, I mean, in a video game or in, in other mediums, you can play the level again and instead of jumping to that platform, you go underneath it and you discover what it would have been. But in, in life, you don't have that. Like it just, it feels ruthless and heartless in that sense where it's like everybody gets one shot like we were talking about the thing before the chronos kairos mm-hmm. it's like the one thing that nobody can buy but everybody's trying to get is time like everybody's here in a set amount of time and that, that's why when <coughs> when like babies die that's the most painful part that it's like what could have been yeah like but at the same time yeah the ruthlessness of god fate whatever you want to call it uh is that nothing is guaranteed that Mm -hmm. the moment you're conceived the moment those cells start to divide and you're now it's four and now it's whatever eight and then they keep multiplying there's no guarantee that you're even going to make it out of the womb yeah and I, I think that maybe that kind of clouds us, that confuses us into thinking that a baby dying is is a, a tragedy. And it's like, no, it wasn't because there was no guarantee. It's like buying a lotto ticket and realizing that you didn't win at the end. It's like, well, when you bought it, you knew there was chances. There was no, nobody was telling you like, dude, right. you're going to win. You're For sure, you're going to win. Right. Yeah, dude, yeah. Gotta, you but know, we feel that for life. And I, I maybe it's because our parents are usually, obviously they're older than us. So maybe we feel like we're going to at least get to their age or it's a, a common occurrence to get to that age. And I, I think that that's also what, made my little brother's death so hard that he was only on this earth 13 years and it kind of makes you feel like god failed or that it's something tragic that happens but it's not like nobody guaranteed that he would be here longer than he did and Mm -hmm. as uh as i always repeat i believe in fate but i don't believe in god and when i start talking about fate it almost sounds like i'm just giving God a different name and maybe I kind of need that because I don't believe in the Jesus figure the guy magical man that walked on water I I don't follow that theology so maybe I need a different uh, word to explain that type of thing where there all the magic and all the the fluffiness and all the cute stuff that they added to make it a more fun story Mm -hmm. has been ripped out and now it's just fate because if I say, well, if fate decides it, then cool. 
But if I say, well, if God lets me, then then it was meant to be. Somehow for me, when I say fate, it feels like there's more justification. When I feel like when I talk to religious people, I feel that a lot of what they do is they kind of try to give purpose to things that happen in retrospect, meaning after the fact, like let's say if they're trying to get something, oh, I really hope my team wins. Oh man, I'm gonna pray for my team to win. And when the team doesn't win, oh, it's because God didn't want it. God had a different plan, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But sense. if there's religious people praying on both sides, then God is screwing one of the two sides over. Like if there's a war and people are killing each other and both sides are praying to the same God, and that's a losing and, battle yeah, for exactly. God. Yeah. When, so is exactly. God going to choose to have some children die and not others? No. But then when you give it that personification of a Jesus figure or a magical man in sandals up in the clouds, it kind of feels like there's consciousness there. There's a great plan. Oh, God works in mysterious ways. It's right. Like, no, uh, it's not like that. Thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you can't constantly try to give it purpose because and this is the fault that agnostics and atheists do where after the fact it's just like well so god planned for all those babies to die god planned for those bombs to land on children's heads in another country right. it's like no but he had a di and it's like no 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 just stop there well, he like, took their soul because right you know, he needed time them. to go he needed yeah. them he, he needed new angels in heaven it's like and god no, works in that's, mysterious yeah ways. exactly like too. Like, no. it, it, it when you call it something like fate i feel like it has more of a neutral feel to it where it's like yeah sometimes it works for you sometimes it doesn't um 50 50 yeah and maybe that's why it feels like I don't know. I'm trying to bring it back to the whole thing with Dimitri, but I guess it's it, the the hard thing is that this is something that the person decides to when they take their own life. It's like their choice, and maybe it's hard because just like when we struggle to understand why a friend of ours did something that we wouldn't do, or even against our wishes, we're like, "Hey, dude, I don't think you should." Blah blah blah. And then they go ahead and do it anyway. It just feels like, oh, man, dude. It, like, you feel no. bad, but it's like, in the end, you really got nothing to stand on. Like, it's their choice. It's mm -hmm. their life. Their life, their decisions. Uh-huh. Same thing with, with, like, theology. Like, when you believe something and they don't, them, or vice versa, the person that is trying to convince the other is basically trying to take free will away from them. Push beliefs on. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like there's nothing like having a just an honest conversation and noticing the differences and just trying to gain what you can and leave the rest behind. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's... It's weird because it, it's like, I guess anytime that you try to fit any of these concepts into a mold, that's where it starts to fall apart. Like you can't we can't really understand everything that was going on inside Dimitri's head. Only he knows that. And especially if he didn't share any glimpse of what truly was driving him in a certain direction, then we're at a loss. And it's almost like it's, um, it's all speculation, obviously. There, there's nothing that we can do to really wrap our minds around what...
was eating at him like mm. what what it was really makes somebody him, yeah because we all to think and it's way. it's a part of life that's what i wrote about in the article it's a part of life of going having ups and downs and having that moment where you hate your life and you're depressed and you feel hopeless but then when things go back normal you look back and you're like oh man i was, was such a, a uh -huh. yeah, yeah i, I was so such glad a, i got out of that shit. i was such a little bitch when my girlfriend <laughs> right? dumped me back in right? middle school or whatever Fuck it is <laughs> and it, yeah and it, it's just like life that's all it mm -hmm. is it's just life and there's just ups and downs and that's the dangerous thing that today we're living in a society where if you're not happy well here take some antidepressants and it's like almost every step of our life we're medicating like what do we do when we wake up we pour a cup of coffee and then we drink oh, it so we hype ourselves up in the morning and then at the end of the <sighs> evening dude i'm tired from work pass me a beer and then we right. crack it open to relax our body and then if you're in the middle of the day you're kind of drooping down dude let's go get a, a fucking red bull or a monster drink let's go get another coffee or espresso or whatever we're just constantly medicating and now it goes into the emotional state too where it's like do you not feel good did did you go through a recent divorce or a breakup here's some antidepressants it's like no that's part of life it makes you feel like you're just the biggest piece of shit at all times when you just hear someone that's just getting down on you and like you're just like why do i never do anything right mm -hmm. but in reality you're probably doing so many things right but they're not acknowledging it and they're just seeing what you're doing is bad you know what i mean which my ex would do to me all the time and it would just break me down you know it's what it our parents me. Our like life. yeah it's like it's uh, is this my significant other that's supposed to be helping me build a future or am i dating my mom you know yeah. in a weird sense like and I believe he's even told me that he sees qualities from her and his mom. And, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, well, that's a Freudian, it's just Freudian concept, right? That we always end up, which I know Freud is, is full of crap in a lot of the things he said, but there is things that do match that I think all of us get to a point where we find that our significant other is similar to our parents in a certain way and like i'll bring it up jokingly with my wife and i'm like uh you're acting like my mom don't don't be my mom and it, i think that i i mean the explanation is that we want that comfort we want that feeling of dealing with the same things that our parent dealt with uh but it does get to a point where it's just destructive and risky to allow that to happen and back to what we were saying earlier where it's like we have we have relationships and friendships that supersede all the rules and ethics that we have and they wouldn't be special to us if those rules were strong enough to push them away like for example if you have this set of ethics and morals that you would never do any of these things and then you have a really close friend and they end up doing a lot of those things if that's not a really good friend to you then you're like i don't want to associate myself yeah, with somebody like this oh uh, no i don't like that and that's but at I the same time we'll find and i i think that life fate god call it what you will has a really curious thing in that they often it puts us in a situation where we're faced with those things and it, the more i feel that we're adamant about like for example religion 
I was very adamant about it's all nonsense. It doesn't make sense. I reject it all. But then, and then you talk to religious people, the ones I was telling you, the extremists that, that are uh, basically tainting that whole message. But then you talk to a rational person where they say, yeah, I accepted Jesus in my heart. And I, I think that it, there's a bond. There's a, you want to be in, I, my helper was saying, yoke with your, um, your uh, significant other. Yoke is like that thing that they put on cows to push the thing. So basically you want to have yours equal to your partner so that you're both fighting the good fight together. Yeah. And you want to be equals. You don't want to be better than Someone's her. Better like, than, yeah, yeah. That's something you that want me equality. and my ex would do all the time. It's like we're always almost trying to one-up each other. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I don't know, I kind of seen our friendship more as a friend, like, or our, our friendship, our relationship as a friendship in ways. It was like, it was really cool because we started out as friends and then we decided randomly one day to start dating and then you know we went to like the longest relationship I've ever had as weird as that was and it was cool it was fun and we had our own complications in life and that's why our relationship started going downhill like some huge like life changing problems that happened in our life so you know I started treating her different she would look at me different you know just it just went downhill from there but but doesn't it feel like those struggles just like we were saying like if i have something that annoys me the more that i encounter that thing that annoys me the more that i get in my head and i start thinking like why is it that it annoys me when my wife does such and such and then that and i don't know if it's just that our struggle is really with feeds us and if you allow growth then it's growth through those issues or it is that there's this higher force this consciousness that puts you in situations where because honestly there's a thing called the secret and it, it's for the most part it's bunk it's like this thing where you it's like oh think positive and positive things happen if you have positive energy then you attract like positive basically but it, it's a little more complex uh new agey than that oh, okay. it's like hippie almost in in this like they have theories where they're like oh get a, a bank a check write one million dollars post it up on your ceiling and every night you just look at it and imagine what it's like to have a million dollars in your bank account there's celebrities that claim that they did this that. yeah and then they ended up having that money in their bank well it's kind of silly but, but it, we could control our consciousness to a certain way to get to certain paths. So I think that we have some control, but we can't influence our world, like make ourselves me. fly or, yeah. And I think that, honestly, I, I sincerely think that if, if you really want growth, I think that there is something. And for some people, it's, oh, God, please let me, blah, blah, blah. Like, for some people, it's that. For other people, it's just like, you know what, I want to learn more about ethics. I want to learn about religion. And you just have that in mind, and that opens your mind to keep your eyes open and, like and pursue that. And yeah. you see little signs, you'll pick up Because uh -oh. I've had situations where, and I think it's no different than like a fortune cookie. It says, Miguel, tomorrow, and it doesn't say Miguel on the fortune mm. cookie. <laughs> but let's say you get a fortune cookie that says, um, uh, keep your your eyes to the ground. You will find great fortune. And you're like, oh, what does this mean? Oh, whatever. And then because it's in your head, you're looking around and then you're like, 
there's a $20 bill over there. Oh, crap. I wouldn't have found this if right, it, wasn't it wasn't for that. And it's like... a little weird connection. Yeah, and it, I think that. that because our mind works with narratives, I think we need that story. But at the same time, I really do think that there is something to you wanting something and it coming, coming for you. you. Not that you're... Itself. Yes, it's but not... Yes, exactly. Moment, yeah. That's what I was going to say. That it's going to be there, but you can choose to reach for it or mm -hmm. not. And if you're too stupid to see the message in front of you, then you're not going to gain that exactly. knowledge. You're just going to go the other way. And I think that that's... Honestly, for me, that was one of my greatest frustrations because I... I was on both ends. I had a friend that would give me advice and I would screw up and go back to him and he would give me advice and I would screw up and go back to him. It was just a constant cycle. Now I'm on the other end of that where people come to me for advice. I try to help them. They screw it up. Yeah, they come they back, back to me. To and that's the hardest thing, but that's the hardest thing because it's painful to see somebody you love suffer through something that you know the answer to it, but they refuse to take it. And that I think that that's the greatest. It's basically um, unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel that that's one thing that I can't. They say that you truly experience it when you have a child, that you're holding this being that you created and you're like, no matter what happens, no matter what this being says to me when it's older, I'm going to love it with all my heart, regardless of anything. Like, it's yeah. nothing can change how much exactly. I love this. And it, that unconditional love is that thing that I think it's like a beautiful thing that's even in the Bible. Like, they're always like, forgive those that uh, offend you. And it's always forgiveness, forgiveness. And I think that it is very, uh, I mean, I don't think it's even a stretch to say that it's deadly to hold a grudge Rich. and say like fuck that person no matter what I'm never going to forgive them for the I mean in cartoons it means such a big thing like mm -hmm. any show from the 90s like I'll never forgive you for this to think that this is a thing that I was t explaining to Tony too when you hurt somebody so bad that you can never recover you can never fix that like for me my uh, issue was when I overreacted I snapped at my dad once and we we never grew up like I always say on the show uh, I probably would get three hugs a year the birthday Christmas and New Year's and there were like awkward hugs like you're looking away it's just a pat pat and that's it we're done okay thank God that's over with and oh, I'm losing my trail of thought oh so so when I um, I offended my dad he offered me something and I snapped at him and he's just like oh well whatever and he it, he brushed it off completely but I was at work and I called him fucking tearing up you, yeah, yeah because I thought if I get into a car accident on my way to work I or if I come home and he's no longer here how can I live myself with myself when I can't fix the, it's like like a, a nuke. A nuke was just dropped somewhere and no matter what I do, I can't fix that little patch of dirt anymore. Mm -hmm. And it hurts so bad to have something like that. That's why I think that that important message of the Bible, it's like, forgive, forgive. To have somebody say, I can never forgive you for what yeah. you've done to it's me. like, Jesus, your whole life. Like you see, like even uh, like in movie scenes, like you'll see that one dude that like, one small event happened in his like his life and then like his whole life just has evolved around that uh -huh. small event or female or whoever and it's just that's I, I feel like I used to be the type of person that really held on the grudges 
I used to be really angry and everything when I was younger. And now, like, I don't know, I'll be mad about something, then I'll go hit the ball, and I'm like, whatever, dude, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a, a lot of, like, women that I'm if, if involved with will actually come to me and be like, how can you be this way? I'm like, what? What's going on now? How old are and you now? 24. And they'll be like... Okay, so do you think that changed because you're older now, or what? what made you be that way? You know... I don't know. I think it's because after I got and me and my ex broke up, I think I had like a lot of hatred in a sense towards her, but not not hate because I don't feel like I really hate anybody. Pain. Like, yeah, just pain and suffering. Yeah, that's a perfect way to ex- explain it. Yeah, so you know, I just I was bitter towards her, and you know, I would just be angry and like anytime she'd reply to me, I'd be rude, you know, in that sense. And it's just like, why do I gotta be this way? Like, if I can't ever forgive this person. Like, how am I going to be better as a person at all? Uh-huh. Like, I'll never, ever get better from this if I don't just, like, just drop things. Just uh-huh. let it go. Like, who cares what happened six months ago? Right. Like, it's now, right now. These times matter. And it, like, I don't know. It's also, when, like, we broke up, you know, I was just sitting in my apartment by myself. Just me and my dog. My bong. My notebooks. I didn't really have, like, internet or nothing. No TV. I just had movies and an Xbox. And I'd just sit there and I'd write a lot of poetry and rhymes and yeah, I just kind of just got involved with myself more. I'd work and then I'd come home, make myself dinner and just sit there and maybe watch a little bit of a movie and I'm like, ah, screw this. I'll turn it off, go upstairs in my room and sometimes, I'm not a really greatest artist, but I'll, you know, I'll doodle around or just do something to create, do something better with my mind and I'll sit there and I just think over like, you know, if I would have done this differently, maybe something better could have happened from this and so I just... Basically, over time, I, like, and I realize I am a very emotional person when it comes to certain, like, almost anything, I guess. Like, I'm very passionate about whatever I'm interested in. So, like, when it comes to that, I realize, well, you know what? When I'm obviously angry, I'm very emotional about it, and I have a lot of thoughts on it, and that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And with me, you know, I have ADD or whatever, supposedly diagnosed. So, I'll, you know, I'll. My thoughts are just running constantly, all these thoughts in my head, and I'll just smoke, and then I can think on one thought, sit there and relax, and be like, you know, it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. So, like, today, now, it seems to be the biggest bothersome. It used to be, hey, why do you always mad, and, like, just let it go, let it go, and now it's just like, why do you not care about anything? It's like, no, I don't. That's what not, you get from people? Yeah, they don't, like, why do you not care? It's like, I don't, it's not that I don't care, it's just I'm done with it, mm-hmm. like, like, it's to the point, like, people will affect me in certain ways and they'll bother me. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. Like, I'll be mad for a little bit at the moment. I'll come back and I'll apologize and it'll probably be even within a half hour to an hour. Like, that's how good I've gotten to it now. It used to be a couple days, you know? Mm-hmm. And then now it's just, like, within the hour, most times, or even, not now, there's even times where I'll be like, I'll be like, hey, motherfucker. And I'll be like, you know what? I'm sorry. That was out of hand. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have acted that yeah. way. It's cool because I'm trying to get a little more humble as time is progressing. Yeah. And so... So anyways, they, act, they think I just don't care. Like, I can sit there and you'll just look at me and it seems like nothing's going through my mind. But honestly, I'm thinking of everything and every other situation, every, every, every equation, and I'm just like, okay. Uh-huh. Like, that's yeah. your reaction to this? Like, For me, yeah. my, my takeaway from my experience was that, and this is how I, I tell like Tony and people, I tell them, if it's really that hard to apologize for something you did, then it's real easy. Be really careful that when you say things, you're going to stand by them and you're not going to regret saying mm-hmm. them. 
So it's like running through your head a little. Like when if Process. you're upset before you hit send on that text, before you Re-read call the it. person, That's yeah, one of the biggest sit things. there and think about it for a little while. How is this going to affect uh-huh. the next thing? Or how are they going to reply? Right, to because all that that uh, feeling and an emotion that it, it, the event brought upon is not making you think straight. And then in the end, you're just like, maybe I did overreact. Or mm-hmm. maybe not even that. Maybe it's just uh, what I was saying earlier, that it's like they have free will. They have the Their opportunity own, yeah. to do harm to you. And if you choose choose to let it affect you as much as it did then that, that's more your problem because you can't force somebody to behave a certain way the, the only thing you can change is you and if you let it and then the, the other thing too is that this is the negative side of all that that the thing is and this is what happens to me is that I get in my head like you're talking about it it made me think a lot too that I get in my head so much that I start to like I'll say something to someone and then I'm like, oh, I hope they didn't take it the wrong way. Jeez, mm-hmm. did I say it the wrong way? Should I have used that different word? And I just, it's that thing where I always say that intent is the thing that matters the most and it's the last thing you can see. Like if I made a joke directly to you and then I hurt your feelings, A, B, C, I said something, B, the reaction happened and then C, the end result. Mm-hmm. A and B, are not something obviously be the event you experience and then you took it a certain way but a is not what you're seeing like you didn't see what the intent yeah, of my action was it. yeah but when i said it and you're like man robert's an asshole man, today what are, yeah it's like, oh, and man, it's just like just i didn't mean it that way yeah, yeah exactly but it's like if you knew what my intent was, like if there was a magic bar above me that says like, oh, he's like, being joking. He's thinking like, yeah. Yeah, like a comic book or something. And yeah. the, the problem is too that these, these fucking guys at the top, no, like the controllers at the top, the people that are giving us the technologies and all these things, they're bringing us farther and farther. It's like they're cr- making us crawl people. back into the, the Stone Age because mm-hmm. now you break ups. So breakups are done today and it's a common thing where they do a thing called ghosting where you don't even break up with the girl. You just stop talking to them. That this is your girlfriend, somebody that you say you love and that's okay. I'm done with them. I'm just going to ghost them and you just erase them from social media and you don't talk anymore. It's like as it was, nothing is going to top a face to face conversation. Um, I was telling I was giving advice and I was saying, you know what, you broke up with a girl and you didn't break up in person and you just sent a text. It goes, uh, there's probably more steps in between, but there's the conversation face to face, there's a video conference, there's phone call, and then there's text. Text is so detached from the natural exchange that, like I was explaining to him, it's like, you send a message, hey, are you doing all right? I know we're broken up and everything, but I just wanted to make sure you're not hurt. She replies, I'm fine. I'm fine. So as I was saying, the when you get that reply that says, I'm fine. Yeah, we broke up. I'm sorry. We're not together, but are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine could mean I've been crying my eyes out for three days, but I'll be okay. Or it could mean I'm over it. I'm fine. Like right. you really can't you have get no idea the which feel. One it means. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and 
as I'm seeing it, I mean, from my childhood where we didn't have internet or texting, we, I mean, we had pagers when I was like in probably late middle school or high school, um, late 90s. And little by little, we keep regressing farther and farther where now you break up through a text. Hey, we're not together anymore. Sorry. Bye. It's like it's so detached that it's causing so much harm. And... <laughs> So there's a lot, just like, what does that show lie to me? Where they say, oh, if you're looking up to the, I, I think it was top left, you're recalling a memory. Bottom right, it means that you're making it up. Like there's something mm -hmm. weird. like. Oh, that. yeah, something like that. That's Micro like... expressions that we do in our face. Like I think that regardless of whether we're aware of those things or not, there is, and this is what I was telling my cousin when I was trying to give him advice. I said, you need to talk to her. You need to apologize for hurting her. And he's like, well, is it okay if I call her? And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, the best thing would be face-to-face, -face, uh, even if it's a short 10-minute conversation. But the, when you're having a conversation, the moment that you say the wrong word, you see it in the person's face. The moment, the, that little fragment of a second where the conversation started going the wrong way, you see it in their face and you start to see like, oh man, I used the wrong word. I, I could feel this weird energy of her. Let me elaborate more on what I was saying. And then you steer it and you make sure that you're going in the positive direction. With text, there's no way to do that. That's why they had to add the LOL, the emojis and all this stuff because out of context, words don't mean jack. Like words can mean I mean, in Japan, you have a word that could be like the kanji. It could be used for different things depending on context. That's how language is, period. Like when you say, like I was saying, I'm fine. Fine can mean anything. There's even like, I forget where exactly I read this, but they say that when you ask somebody, hey, how are you feeling? I'm fine. Or how's your day going? Good. It doesn't. Normally, when somebody asks you that, and this is what says it said in the text, it says, normally when somebody says, it, hey, how are you doing today? They don't want you to say, oh, I'm actually really bummed out. My friend killed himself and I blah, blah. It's like they're not expecting something deep like that. So really, in essence, it's such detachment, unless you're really close to the person, the people that you see at work that are just like, hey, good morning. How's your day going? They don't want your life story or a real answer to that. They just want, I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. Okay, later. They, mm -hmm. That's what they want. So that, that human exchange is something that I think that the controllers at top have constantly been chipping away at it. And it's kind of, it, it, I, I hold these two beliefs in my mind and it, it's like, is it that I'm getting older and I start to shun away from the new things? But at the same time, I do notice that there is regression and, and um, drop down. Um, but when, when we weren't recording, I was asking you if, because um, I think that, um, and the reason why I asked you before we were recording is because it's heavy. It's such heavy stuff to, like when you have a close friend and they're like, hey, Miguel, I need to talk to you about something. Hey, uh, 
I did something that I'm not proud of. And at that moment, you're, you're like, okay, we're, we're going to get to a different level. I need to turn my empathy switch on. I need to really, my friend needs my help. And even if they did something that I disapprove of, they're coming to me for understanding and love and, and uh, advice. I can't just say, well, I never would have done that. What kind of, this, you're not my friend. Like, right. I, then you would never get anywhere. And I think that, honestly, I, I mean, I don't know entirely all the details. I, I have a, a certain scope of what happened. And uh, I guess in order to just keep it fairly vague so that people that can gain something from this can and others can just listen to it and, and just take what they can from it. But you honestly had it the most difficult because I think that you being one of his closest friends saw any signs of him going in that direction. Like the choices that he was making and the thoughts that he was, uh, he was expressing a lot of those things to you. And um, I remember we talked about it and, and we agreed that it's something that you had to involve other people and tell mm -hmm. them and try to get him help and try to uh, try to, I guess in a way it's understand but help. And I, I think that like I, I really, it's really sad that you had to, like when a friend bring something to you in confidence to have to basically betray their trust exactly yeah i think that that's such a difficult thing mm -hmm. but when it comes to somebody's life being endangered i think everything goes out the window yeah. it's like no there's no secrets here we can't i can't risk losing so i i think that uh even though i mean in essence his life was not saved I feel that you did everything that you could. And mm. I'm just, uh, I guess it, what I'm saying is that I hope that that didn't burden you too much because I can only imagine how hard it is to, I mean, it, it really messed me up to lose my little brother. And it's not like I had anything to do with it. Mm. And now the good <laughs> thing is that you did involve other people when you saw that, that precipice coming, that cliff. And you got other people involved so that you weren't carrying it all on your back. Because I know that the time we talked before this happened, you were, it was affecting you. It was really difficult. Um, and uh, I mean, basically, anybody that knew Dimitri, their biggest fear came true and we lost him and there's nothing we can do to bring him back but uh, I guess I'm just glad that you didn't just carry that like that thing of what if I hurt somebody's feelings and I don't get a chance to apologize it's yeah. just such a hard thing do you think that in retrospect um, it worked out in the end like, like do you think that it's I mean did it cause trauma in your life? Did it affect you in, in that my life? Sense? I mean, you know, there's certain things like hanging out with you. I remember obviously he'd always tag, come along and tag along and come hang out with me, uh, me when I'd come down here. You know, there's certain things that always reminds me of him. 
But most of the times, I try to remember all the good times that we had together. And, yeah, I mean, at first, yeah, it was really traumatizing. I mean, you know, there's still times where I sit there and I'll start to think about him and, you know, I'll get sad for a bit. And You know, there's even times where I sit there and, like, we have a spot where we put up his pictures and everything. And I'll, I'll drive out there and, you know, I'll just sit there and kind of have conversations with him. You know, it's like almost in the sense of having a conversation with God, you know. But right. Obviously, yeah. nobody's going to reply back, but, you know. And it, I don't know. I guess I kind of almost treat him, <laughs> I guess, like a God in a weird way. Because I'll sit there and I'll be like, hey, man, you know, dealing with these problems. Like, it's like I'm having a conversation with him, but he can't reply. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And right. I'll ask him, shit, I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, it was just my container. Oh, so, you know, I'll sit there and it's like, almost like I come to him for advice that nobody's gonna reply to mm-hmm. but it's weird it's like i get that uh i don't know i guess those issues well, off my chest in a sense. yeah but I, that's kind of one of those things too that i mean a religious person might think that you are talking to god uh, maybe another person would think that you're talking to his spirit but in the end you were so i mean you were one of his best friends so you almost like have a piece of the other person like when you date somebody long enough or you marry them you kind of mesh both psyches together where you have this understanding of the person Mm -hmm. and in so many ways sitting there and having a conversation with him is talking to him because you kind of understand how he would react or what he would say and that kind of i mean we have friends because they are something that we like they like just like you were saying earlier that when we're bothered by something it's something about that person that reminds us of ourselves Mm -hmm. when we see something we're like i hate when they do that and then you reflect on it and you're like wait i hate when i do that that's why it it reminds it bothers me and i think that uh yeah we we almost like morph into the people that we like so in other words if you have bad company you start to become a bad, bad person, person that you don't like. And it, 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 I feel that that kind of spirals you into being like a villain in, in mm-hmm. let's say, a movie. But it, when it's a positive thing, you often want to surround yourself around people that behave the way that you like people to behave. So you're in a way, you're crafting your family. I mean, if you're looking at the 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 essence of family the people that you were born into versus the people that you choose as your family meaning these are your closest friends that you treat like their family mm-hmm. then sad to say but blood is not thicker than water the no. people that you're choosing to be friends are much more valuable because you have a choice exactly when you were born you didn't choose there. your parents and i think that 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 might be why someone like dimitri it's like it Again, it's so sad to think that he could take his own life. And uh, in a way, it kind of throws us for a loop. You look back at it, and even to me, even now, I have to, like, remind myself, like, oh, man, he's no longer here. Like, it it seems still like it's not true to me. Um, but I mean, oh, geez, dude, I don't know. I, I can't even conceptualize my, like losing my little brother, obviously, but losing, I guess it's almost like the equivalent of losing a friend that's that close because you guys were like brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think any time suicide happens, 
you the hardest part is that you look back and you're like is there ever anything that i could have said or done to change his mind right if there was then that's the part where it hurts where you're like i should have spent those extra 10 minutes before i went to sleep that day and talked to him maybe he needed somebody to listen to you know uh, one thing i was going to add because you said if it affected my life well, obviously it did affect it, but uh, if I'm still burdened by it or whatever, mm-hmm. I think the one of the reasons why I'm, I don't know, I kind of have my closure is because like one of our last conversations was actually a good conversation and it was within the time span that he had done it. So I talked to him within like the six hours that it would have happened. So, and then me and him were supposed to hang out. We are supposed to go pick up like some paint for my I got a new bumper for my car and it was blue and we were, I sanded it down and we were getting ready for, to paint it black you know to match the whole car and whatever and I got like a new spoiler and I had a few other things that I was going to go do and I was like hey man what are you doing and he uh, was actually just in uh, in the CNA classes that he was taking what and is it CNA? CNA yeah what's that? like, uh, like a, uh, a nursing assistant okay. basically like uh, to my understanding they take care of like the elderly and you know okay. things are like that, or maybe the sick, and That's but basically the in like a home was, though. He was yeah. going. Yeah, we have a friend Monty, and he's already in that, you know. So he's been doing pretty good at it. Uh, he's been doing well now, and Monty or Dimitri was working at Burger King at the time, and he was just over Burger King. So this was a cool new leaf for him to get back and you know, mm-hmm. doing you know, I guess. And based nice on the audio, it seemed but, like. He was really obsessed with trying to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of the things he was saying is that he said, we're in a small town and it feels like it's way too small for us and we need to go out there and change the world and make a difference. So I, I wonder if that was like his out, his way of making the world better by helping those that needed help. Mm-hmm. Um, because geez he was just such a great person like he that's what makes it so hard when you realize that somebody that was so headstrong and powerful was weak in that respect or maybe not maybe he understood something that we don't and he just realized that this was a path that he chose to take yeah but the reason why it always uh, makes sense to call it a selfish act is because it seems like you're not taking those other people into account, but it seems like that's what's, what adds clarity, but at the same time confuses things, that his audios were, they weren't sad per se. And like you said, he's giving each individual that he mentions on the video uh, advice and um, admiring them for who they are and, and appreciating them and just spewing love in all different directions. And even, in some of the uh, sections in the audio, in the video, he, you can tell that some of the things weren't positive, but he chose to focus Turn, only on yeah. the positive things. And it's almost like that understanding we're talking about, where it's like you have enough empathy, not sympathy, empathy to understand that that person's not an evil person. They just grew up under these certain circumstances and it molded them into who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so you, you know, I, I, I probably cut you off. You you were talking to him like, I guess, hours before. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we we're supposed to go, you know, do a couple things. And I called him and he was actually in his class 
for CNA. And I was like, hey, what are you doing, bro? He's like, oh, nothing too much, boss. For some reason, for after like the last, I don't know, seven months, six months he was here, his new thing was to call me boss for some reason, which was really weird because like, you know, he always basically was doing better than me for who knows how long. And it was just kind of weird to like, you know, he's lost trying to figure out what he wants to do in life. And it's like, I went through those stages and now I was like, finally working you know and I had money and it's like now I'm the one taking him out to lunch and treating him like it was weird being able to you know uh-huh. and dr- I'm driving him around you know or would you need to go dude you know it was just weird being in a whole different and you know that probably bothered him as well too because you know like when we were kids you know he was just always he had money he always very responsible you know he's just I wouldn't be doing something right, and he'd take me for a drive, you know, and then he'd take me, treat me to to lunch, yeah, yeah, and then it's like, it flipped, and then he started looking up to me, and that was just a weird, because like, he was like that since we were like 14, you know, and as grown-ass men, we're 24 together, and he's going to be 25 in November, and it's just like, it was weird being able, or, you know, just the whole world had changed, it seemed like. You know, that reminds me of one of the things he said in his audios, if you remember, there's one time when he said if there was a guarantee that me laying my life down on the line meant that you go far in life i would do it in a heartbeat so he basically said like my life my life's meaning can be thrown away if it meant that you go farther like he really wanted to push you forward so it makes me think that it's interesting that your life was going in a positive direction and it's almost like he just handed the torch over to you right. and he stayed behind. Step back. And now you're you're moving forward. Yeah, it was really weird. So anyways, he he and I were supposed to hang out and he's in his classes and he's like, I'm in class. I'm like, well, what are you doing on the phone, dummy? Get off the phone and hit me up when you're done. All right, what do you want to do? And I told him what I wanted to do. He's like, all right, I'm off around five, you know. Or, or four or three, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we'll hang out. Yeah, it was like three o'clock. Because I remember it was like four. And I was like, come on. Oh, I wanted to run to the junkyard to pick something up. I don't remember. It's not really important what it was. But I remember the junkyard closes at five or six. So I was like, come on, dude. Like, if you hurry up, I, could, I can get there and I'll drive fast. I'll get there in like a half hour. And then we got the time to take off what we need and we can get out of there. Oh, yeah. And then I was going to pick him up some parts for his car because he just got a new car finally. And then it was just, uh, it was weird because he didn't call me back. I was like, what the hell's going on? None of my texts were replied to. And uh, I think his phone was off or something like that. So I ended up finally getting a hold of him around, I think, I believe, I don't know if I'm getting the times mistaken, but I believe it was 5.58. But then I also recall the conversation being at 5 minutes and 58 seconds. So it must have been around 5 because I know it was before the time the junkyard had closed. So I think in the conversation it was 5 minutes 58 seconds, if I recall. Okay. And then it was probably around a 5-minute conversation. So, uh, or around 5. So, anyways, we're sitting there and we're talking. And I was like, hey, what are you doing, dude? And he, it's like 90 degrees out. And it's a really nice day. Maybe high 80s. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? I'm sitting over by the Kelso Airport. I was like, uh, why? He's like, oh, I'm tired. I want to take a nap. And, you know, with medicine and whatnot. So I was like, why, why are you taking a nap? And like, okay, I guess you used to do those kind of things back in the day, but why are you taking a nap in the middle of the day? And he's like, I don't know, I'm just tired. 
I was like, what happened? I thought we were supposed to meet up earlier. And he's like, oh, I ended up running out of gas and this happened and he ended up running to some dude and now he's just sitting in front of the Kelsey airport. Was there a out. suicide attempt at this point yet? A failed one? Well, yeah. 15 days, I believe, prior to this time. And did that pop up in your mind when you, he started saying this? Or no, it was just so nobody knew about thing? this until after he was gone. Oh. If I would have seen that video uh, beforehand, like that on that first attempt, and he'd always that. hand me his phone. <laughs> but I'm just not a snooby person, you know? I just didn't go through his stuff like that. Yeah. Like, if it was, like, say, if he had something presented, like, because I feel he would do this at times, like a message or something, and leave it open, and then he'd, like, throw it to me. And then I'd be like, oh, well, that was a little interesting, but, you know, pay no mind to it. But if I would have seen that video, oh, yeah, things would have definitely been different. Yeah. yeah. Been, obviously, at that point, obviously, when it came to me, too, and all the whole family, when he see, and how, how he set everything up, I definitely would have in a, stopped being such a, because I was being a hard ass to him lately. Like, come on, dude, what are you doing? Do something. Like, almost like what he would do to me. You know, come on, let's do this. Let's go do that. And he's like, ah, I just want to sit To add context and, to that video, I want to also say that, I mean, we saw it the other day. And I got to say that there's no real sadness in the video. I, no. I really excited. He doesn't I mean, even look depressed or nothing, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it made us cry thing. and everything. But it's not like he's saying, I failed, I'm giving up. It, the way that he was looking at death was almost like a positive thing. Like mm-hmm. he would like have he, joy towards that pursuit. He's always told me too, since we were younger, he's like, dude, like, what, what is it like? I mean, him always, obviously we've had the conversation on the podcast. Like we've always used to have conversations like that. Like, what is it afterwards? Like, are we in space? Are we spirits? Or mm-hmm. like, is there actually a God? And me and you are screwed for the rest of our lives? Or like, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, you know? And, you know, I feel like, it came to the point where I feel like life was no longer, en- no longer enjoyable for him. Mm-hmm. And it came to the extent where he's like, oh, screw this. Like, what's after this? Let's get yeah. to that. What's going on? Like, why would we, you know, Because the, the thing said, uh, I have this, um, maybe the closest word to it would be fascination. I have like a w- weird, it almost seems morbid fascination with death. Mm-hmm. And when I was hearing those audios or, or those videos of him just talking about death, uh, I can understand where he's coming from. Like mm-hmm. I can see how it's not really that sad of a thing, but at, it is at the same time. It's like, I mean, if he did that audio without the I'm going to off myself, it would be an interesting audio to have somebody listen, listen to. to yeah but obviously i he he took it that extra step he went there but it's like when he was talking about it it's almost like he's talking about travels like hey i've done everything that i could here i'm gonna go on vacation now guys i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm out i quit this job and that's the the i guess that's the thing that he wanted to make sure that we understood that it look it no hard feelings this is my own choice it's not because anybody made me do this it's something that i've decided to mm-hmm. um which i guess is a tricky thing because if anybody starts talking like that then you throw them into an asylum like whoa they're gonna harm themselves like that's yeah. the one time where a police officer could arrest you and go for your own protection but i mean it is your life so that's where you get like I believe it's in Washington, if not it's Oregon, where there's uh, mercy killings. 
I believe that's is that the term where it's uh, like if you have if you're terminally ill and you want to just be injected with a thing that kills you you can do that under a, a medical environment and, and everything and they do it properly I mean between you lying in bed having your loved ones t give you care until the last moments of your life or saying goodbye to everybody properly and then getting this injection and then dying you're still dying on both scenarios so it's hard to say that people shouldn't be able to Jeez. kill themselves yeah. yeah but at the same time it's like it's always that debate that argument of life is just so precious that it shouldn't be taken yeah. that easily um but i i'm honestly when i found out i was just i was obviously sad but i was happy in the sense that at least you got other people involved because i i really do feel that it would have killed you to know that oh man i was the only one that had this information and i didn't share it with anybody yeah and maybe he'd still be here which obviously you took the other route and he's still not here so but if he would have done it without you telling anybody it would eat at you because you're never going to get that answer yeah. you're always going to wonder yeah what if what if yeah and it almost feels like it it's like fate because he did what he did and there's not much that any of us did or could have done Affected to stop it. him yeah. because he had already made that choice um oh, fuck man it, it's just he was such a brilliant mind i always go back to the heaven and hell uh thing that he came up with where it's like what if hell is just you reviewing <coughs> rewatching your life over and over and over and every mistake that you do it feels like Ugh. but it's interesting because mistakes without growth are the parts that'll that'll be bothersome like when you watch a movie and there's a plot point that doesn't get resolved or there's a, that one little thing but when it's uh when it's something that does get resolved and the character grows then that moment of sadness is resolved there's a resolution later when you realize that the person grew from it and mm -hmm. they, they often do that like in a martial art movie they'll do their little fight routine and then let's say the hero gets taken down by a certain move well when he faces that villain again when he the villain does that special move he and he blocks it yes you realize and it's like oh sweet yeah he, he, he gained from it yeah so I, I can see how Dimitri's concept of heaven and hell, or the afterlife, I should say, makes sense in that respect. Where if you're constantly seeing this character that has opportunity to grow and every single step of the way refuses to take that, that gift that's been given to him, then it does feel torturous. We're just like, oh, you could have said sorry at that moment. You could have fix that problem you could and then it's just constant disappointment after one after the other but <coughs> but the opposite is also true if you start off as a, a snobby um, apparent know-it-all that really doesn't know much and it's just fucking egotistical and just a terrible person and it ends with somebody that's loving caring and understanding then that's a great movie like that all our our um 
our rhetoric, all our, our storytelling is based on that fact that at the beginning, what do you start with? You start with basically a peasant that's in poverty and through all their adventures and, 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 struggles, and yeah. struggles and losses and all the things that they go through, they grow to a better person. And at the end of the movie, they're standing there proud and you're like, you're ready yeah. to throw your fist Hell in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it makes so much more sense than anything. And maybe in a weird way even like a higher uh a higher thinking like that could also affect you in the way where maybe that could push you towards that thing where you're just like no matter what i i've fixed a lot of the things and i'm kind of done with this i feel i've learned enough i've fixed as much as i could the stuff that i couldn't fix is in the wind it's their responsibility now and now it's time for me to go to the next step yeah like the next phase almost yeah and it, uh, it's it's hard it's uh, I don't know what else we could really say to to encapsulate it but like I wrote in the article the only way that you can really give it justice the only way that you can really understand Dimitri and how this isn't just like a random event that happened to random people that are podcasting today it's deeper than that and knowing him and knowing the context of everything that happened and knowing you and knowing uh, the circumstances that all of you were in gives it this value this like Nobody can empathize with this choice unless they truly understood what type of person exactly, he was. Exactly, yeah. How, what struggles he was facing. Right, not. yeah. I was just uh, recalling, I didn't fully finish the conversation on the phone. Mm -hmm. So to recap, after all these little random sprees of our oh. thoughts. <laughs> um, so anyways, he... Let me try to recap to where I was at. So basically, he... Uh, Oh yeah, he, he ran out of gas. Yeah, so he was at the place, and I was like, "Why aren't you even? Re why haven't you called me or returned my call?" He's like, "Dude, I was gonna tell you." Oh yeah, I just kind of started up, not obviously in a rude sense, but it was just like a jokey manner, like, "Hey, dickhead, what the hell? Like, I've been messaging you. Why haven't you messaged back?" He's like, "I was gonna tell you, but I was waiting for you to call me." It's like, "Why?" He's like, "Well, for some reason, my texting isn't working, and my calls aren't working, but I can receive only incoming calls." I was like, oh, he's like, yeah, I think my phone must be like a low balance or something because it was like one of the prepaid ones. Okay. And he's like, yeah, I'll call and get it situated later. And I was like, oh, okay. So anyways, we're going back to this point of the conversation. He's like, uh, yeah, dude, I got stuck. I had no gas and uh, I'm, I'm over here sitting. I'm about to take a nap. I was like, well, what the hell? Are we still going to go? Nah, nah, nah. I'm just going to take a nap, man. I was like, really? like, whatever weirdo like word for word i was like whatever you weirdo <laughs> he just kind of giggles he's like all right man well all right boss i'll see you soon or uh i'll see you later something like that along those lines yeah all right man we'll catch you later boss and then like and then that was who knows the action was probably already in the plan at that point mm -hmm. and it's like he obviously already knew what he was doing but then we just he left it off in the sense like we'll see each other soon it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, that's, that's a weird way yeah. to leave it off as. And that was my last time I ever heard his voice. Uh, you know what? It could be that his intelligence is what made him go this route. Because like I said, he's these audios... And I, I guess it's fine that they're not being published anywhere because 
the people that needed to hear that have heard it and you and and all the people he mentioned in the video are have or at least his attempt of setting things right with them was there and whether they get the message or not he did what he could for them and he really did ensure that nobody can change the message around and it, it's not to say i'm not trying to justify suicide but a cognitive person would have thought, well, if I were to die right now, then I know I had an argument with my brother the other day. I better make sure I'm cool with him. And the somebody that's a critical thinker would sit there and, and mm. go through each person. There's something I got to add. I forgot about this. He actually went out of his way and reconnected with almost everybody throughout this time that he's had these. Obviously, he's thought about it since like December, wasn't it? That one video all the way to May. Mm -hmm. So that's a good, what, four or five months almost? Five or six. Yeah. So he, throughout that time, went and messaged people that he used to be friends with. And like, hey, let's grab coffee soon. Hey, how you been? Da, da, da. And there was a lot of friends there, like, they feel guilty. They're like, wow, you know, I remember I was busy doing this. And I read the message and I forgot to reply back. Or, or I seen the message and I just didn't reply back for some reason, of odd reason. And like, and there's other people that are like, oh yeah, I replied back, and we're supposed to catch coffee this next week. What the hell? Like, and, and it was weird. People, and that's how he left it as with like, all, like a bunch of people. Those recording. aren't mentioned in the in the video. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And like, he even contacted people that weren't really even our friends. Just basically people that he had acquaintance with at some point. Like he messaged with quite a bit of people, basically like yeah. catching up. I know that that is very, uh, how would you say? It does take a lot of weight off yourself. Like when I, I've had people that I've held grudges, people that have hurt me, and I convinced myself that there's nothing that's gonna make me change my mind, that screw them, they've hurt me, I, I'm never gonna feel uh, positive things in their direction again. And then I realized that, and I realized like, look, this is harmful to both of us. And I've gone up to people that have hurt me and that I had grudges for, and I'm like, you know what the things that happen in my, our past um i'm over them by the way like no hard feelings okay shake their hand and m move on and it feels like the most uplifting thing to do um and i wonder if that kind of closure is also what fed that that <coughs> drive of okay i'm ready to go to the next step now mm -hmm. and now that most of my issues have been Make resolved and everything's nice and tight with a bow. Um, it could be that, that that kind of felt that way too. Because, I mean, how different... In retrospect, there's not too much difference between somebody dying in a car crash or somebody um, dying for any other reason. And I think that... I don't know. Is, is the takeaway of this whole event to constantly be okay with everybody because I feel that there's a just like they say that the grieving process is postponed with religion like you don't really get to grieve properly like we were talking about that uh, Shintoism when somebody dies you dress the body you prepare them and you keep them in your home I believe it's for two or three days and that's a constant reminder. Like every time you go into the room to pray or to add an incense or whatever you want to do, 
they're reminding you, look, they're no longer there. That physical body that's right there was them, and they're no longer no there. Longer, and we don't have that whatever, as yeah. Catholics. We have, uh, we, I'm not a Catholic, but I mean, we grew up Catholics, and mm-hmm. our proper procedure is, oh, such and such died. Are you going to go to the viewing? It's next week. And then you show up there, you might see the body, touch the hand a little bit, maybe throw some dirt when they're being buried, and that's about it. But you don't really... It, that adds more closure than what I had, and in the end, I, I maybe in the end, the, the biggest thing is that we are social creatures, and that regardless, no matter how much we lie to ourselves, um, I think you have something right here. Yeah. Yeah, freaking uh, a little uh, paper right there. And um, yeah, so I, I don't know if it's uh, something that that's why it's so powerful to us that we're social creatures and when we lose someone it just feels like oh we lost someone that we can never gain gain again we can't there's nothing that brings them back mm-hmm. um but losing them in a car accident is still losing them losing them by suicide is still losing them like regardless they're still in that second step or whatever it is after the fact and i don't know it's uh, it's heavy. It's so heavy. And I know another person, well, I don't know personally, but I, I was um, informed of somebody that also took their life a while back. And sadly, it was because of difficulty with their parents. So they took their own life. And this is the saddest part about it, in my opinion, that that message was lost in the end they the parents never realized that they're the ones that pushed him the the parents were very very religious and they instilled a lot of rules and control over this person and i wasn't close to them um, by the way i just knew somebody that uh, was related to them but it's it's even more tragic to me when you realize that if your suicide was trying to push this specific message and then when you're not there anymore that message is construed different or just lost altogether that's when it feels even more like a waste to me like that adds this sadness that it almost feels like uh is it last of the mohicans where the guy is trying to light a bridge to explode it and then they he's about to light it and he's like his last breath and the enemy comes and severs the the whatever it's called the, the lighting thing yeah the, the wick, uh, or whatever. The wick yeah. yeah and uh you realize like wow all this effort all this death and he didn't succeed in the end and it, it kind of feels like that where it's like unaccomplished yeah because it, it <clears throat> i mean in so many ways suicide is like the the biggest mic drop of all mm-hmm. but if you're not to say that this other person isn't intelligent, but if you are intelligent, you try to craft everything so that the message is direct and poignant and, and very uh, blatant. And when it's not, then it feels like, uh, I, I know that your intent was something. And now, I mean, for the person, it doesn't matter because they're no longer here. They're, they're, what's done is done. But it's sad that there's no way to make people understand that. Like those parents, right. they're still super religious. They still, 
alienate people. They still haven't learned the lessons that their son took his own life to, to try to teach them. And that's where it feels very tragic to see that... Nothing was learned from they, it. Exactly. It's like that, that life, that, that consciousness was ripped away. So I guess we could start wrapping this up. Um, I feel if there's somebody that can really give insight and share their feelings about uh, what happened after the fact and what to gain from all this, it would be you. So <laughs> I don't mean to throw you on the spotlight just like that, but um, is there? I, I'm I'm assuming that you had plenty of time to think about all this and to mm -hmm. really absorb. What's everything happened, that happened yeah. um, is there anything that you've run through your head that you really wanted to express or share about uh, all this uh, this uh, tragic event yeah happenings? actually randomly there is um, if I could give any advice to anybody it's to your close people the people that you're closest to the people that you decide to consider your family your friends and uh, everybody close to you when you start seeing someone act different, I would totally suggest trying to figure out and dissecting the problem without being in a rude way because I feel like that's where it started. It had a little problem and nobody really did anything with Dimitri's case and brush it off, brush it off. Here's a sign, there's a sign. Mm -hmm. Nobody's really picking it up. And you know, they have their cry for help. And so, you know, there's people like me, which is how he was and it's like, you know, I'm not sitting here, I don't want to be the center of attention. That's not really the whole scenario, but you know, I do need help in a sense. And you know, there's people out there that have difficulties with that. So yeah, basically my advice would be pay attention to those who you care about. And when you start seeing something different in the way they act and their way they behave and if their moods change or alter, don't be afraid to step in. Like, like you were mentioning earlier how difficult it was for me to explain the problems that he was suffering to his parents don't ever hesitate on that like I've, I've sat there and i contemplated it for probably a week before i even mentioned anything and uh -huh. this is before you talked to me yeah and so yeah you know it those hard things you got to grow a pair and you got to step up and you got to do what you got to do to make sure those people that you care about are still here today and right. that's probably the best advice i could give about this whole scenario yeah and don't sit there and feel like it's your problem like no no no, not your problem but like you caused it and like as long as you go basically through the steps that i've faced on my own um i mean i don't feel guilty about anything mm -hmm. i feel like i've had closure um i mean there's, don't get me wrong there's times where i'm sitting there and i'll tear up and i miss him but no i feel like you know i'm gonna learn from this I feel like I will be more motivated in life, and I feel like I'm going to do what I can to basically make him proud the way he expected in me, you know, since mm -hmm. we were little. Right. And that's all I could really do. Yeah. Because, uh, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, it's like, what is the expression? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink? Drink, yeah. So it's like... I mean, I, I know for a fact that you probably talked to him for hours and hours and hours just trying to give him the the insight that you had like give him the knowledge that you felt was gonna make him change his mind but 
that's exactly what you're doing. You're trying to change his mind. And if his mind is already built a certain Set, way, yeah. then you're taking away free will. Exactly. So it's not that it's like a lost cause, but there is times when there it's beyond your control. But if you don't try, then that's where the guilt sets in. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that... Um, it's kind of that thing where it's like you want to live with as very few regrets as you can. Yeah, because yeah. as life goes on, we're only human. We make mm -hmm. mistakes, all of us. Yep. Uh, mistakes that yeah. hurt other people, mistakes that hurt us. There's always going to be that. So to have the love and understanding to know that, that people make mistakes and that life isn't always just cut and dry nice and neat and all uh, loving and caring but we can do what we can with that we can both suffer in pain and and try to better things and mm -hmm. uh i think that like you were saying the advice you're saying like help them and if you did whatever you f it's kind of like that thing when you have an argument with somebody and you tell yourself like, oh man, like after the fact, you're like, I should have said this. Oh man, when he said this, this was the perfect response. Way, yeah. yeah. If you are cognitive of the things that you're doing and you're taking each step the right way, you're never going to have regrets or you're going to have very few regrets. Yeah, less than what you And this is a really eat. important one. When you see those signs, jump on it and mm -hmm. do something about it or get somebody in that could involve help. Someone, if it's too much for you, involve somebody else. Uh -huh. yeah. Pass along the information at the very least uh -huh. to somebody that's sitting there that they listen to. You know, that, Oh, another thing I could add to that is when you go to somebody that needs help, I recommend going to the person that they trust the most. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, it wasn't his grandparents, you know? And it w wasn't really his mother neither, or his father. Like, it was more, the one that really gave me the most advice on it was his uncle. The one that he always looked up to, you know? The one that, it was his favorite uncle. You know, just hands down, like, because if you go to somebody that's, like his mom or something. And I, I contacted the whole family, don't get me wrong. But I was, I decided to choose who at first. You know, I was very, I sat there and I contemplated who's going to react to this the best. At first, my first initial reaction was his father. Because, you know, it's his father. Mm -hmm. But then, obviously, from what we've seen, they never, their relationship got difficult towards the end. Uh, as he was growing up from like, probably 15 and on 16 and on so you know he had that distance there and even when I came up to his uh with the information that was provided the his dad didn't even really know how to react to it obviously it was shocking so the person that like I said his uncle he was the first one hey Dimitri has more thoughts like this and everybody felt that way in a sense but he was the one that would just basically a few of them are not just anyone in particular, but most of his family members were. I'm over here in this area. I can't do nothing about this. Mm -hmm. Which I understand, but it's like, it's your family too. Right. Like, I'm not blood. I cannot legally go into a place and take him to a place where he needs help. Mm -hmm. And it just saddens me that it got to an altercation to where he needed to almost harm somebody to get what he needed to help and feel better as a person. You know what I mean? 
and to control his own thoughts that he had going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, sorry for going so far into that, but basically, go to the person he trusts as well. If he trusts you, obviously, like an older family member or someone that actually really genuinely cares is the best thing to do. If you're close to somebody, exactly. it's almost your responsibility. Exactly. Go to their person that, or and maybe he's not close to that person, but go to somebody that's not going to get, or she, he, whoever. And if they're angry with that person all the time, I wouldn't suggest that person. I would pick the person that's like, oh, wow, he's going through struggles. Right. I can do, oh, let's see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Maybe I convince, and if like it's their uncle or aunt or whatever, in that sense, or grandma or grandpa or whatever, maybe they'll be able to talk to the parents if they don't, because most children don't have a great relationship with their father and mother. It's just life. And yeah, and I think that that's by control. Mm-hmm. There is a reason why parents are old fashioned. It's because society keeps changing and evolving, and technology is constantly throwing these monkey wrenches all over the place where you don't build a good relationship. Like it's rare to know somebody that has a good relationship with their parents. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's like, you're ready to run out the door as soon as you're 18. And it's, again, if you're the one that's close to a person, then it's like this bond that you have, that it's like you have a responsibility. Like if you really love that person, like like we were saying before, that unconditional love, then, you need to act like it like mm. you're you're signing up for a job and when the time comes and you get that phone call and you need to act you, you need, need to, to act or hand the torch over to exactly somebody that, that can. can handle it right exactly don't sit there and take that burden on yourself and you know just basically your life be affected by it as well because you know like i said i sat there and i contemplated it and it's just me knowing basically how he feels about certain things you know it's just devastating it was like wow i think you were probably the first person i think i don't know if you were the first person i think you were the first person i had the conversation with you randomly messaged me and then i was like hey man i need to talk to you and i think you were the because you always give me the best advice like out of anybody in our family like i don't go to my mom for advice the only time i go to my dad for advice is when i'm having difficulties with a car or you know, something like right. that, or construction, or painting, or basically manly things. Mm-hmm. Like, I ask my dad for guidance in those things, but hardly ever do I ask my dad for advice. Right. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever really, like, asked him for a relationship advice. I've never asked him for that, ever, once. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's just certain things that me and him, we don't click on those levels. And I understand right. that, and that's why I think me and him have a better relationship today. Mm-hmm. And so, like, actually, me and him have a, have a really great relationship. The only thing that t- the tears that at times is his girlfriend. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> other than that, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it's, um, it's sad. It's sad that we don't have really close bonds like that with, mm-hmm. with people. And that It seems like people are getting more distant, too, like when we go back to the media and social media, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, all that. And it's just like it's... It's like designed to prevent children from being close with their families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's it like is. they want to separate us because, like they say, all in the pyramid, There's we're the working power. class uh-huh. and we have the most power. Well, what better way to disrupt that divide than to divide them? Uh-huh. And then even with weed, at times, like I feel like, oh wow, man, they're just sitting there making us so pacifist about everything. Like mm-hmm. we're just sitting here getting high, and we're like fuck the world what are we going to do about it yeah that's what what i've been trying to get a better understanding of that i really do feel 
that it was the not for you strategy. Um, yeah, it's. We won't get into that. Yeah, so we would get long. Yeah, but it, I mean, but. it really is causing something in society that I feel that there's a reason why they're giving, they're making it it's legal like candy now. now. It's like and here, now they're they're basically shoving it down our throats. Yeah, it's becoming so ubiquitous that everybody's constantly high all around mm -hmm. you. So it makes it hard. So just to wrap up, I, <clears throat> I guess in in, in I, uh, one of the things to to summarize the whole thing is I, I really do hope that this, even if it was just in his head, I hope that there was some closure, some betterment, that there was something that came about his actions, actions and his yeah. audio. And maybe this, somebody that's at the edge of considering something like that can see can that there, it's not. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I really just do hope that he's in a better place, that whatever his demons that he was fighting were uh, defeated in so many ways, or he found some sort of uh, closure, regardless of what happens in the afterlife. I just hope that he's a be in a better place, because he was such a great person, and he he's going to be missed. So I hope he rests in peace and... Uh, the good that he does what he's doing. yeah the good that and I don't doubt that uh, all the good that he's done in our yeah he affected a lot of people and the good that he did Outweighs, supersedes yeah, everything, all everything of the little mistakes exactly. that he did in his life because he uh, I mean it's a great if we were religious we would say that he's an angel now because yeah. he was such he really an amazing was. person I mean he was teaching me look how much younger than me he is and he was teaching me things he was just such a fountain of knowledge and, yeah. and uh, understanding person, yeah. yeah so hopefully um one Dimitri thing i was oh sorry is uh, in a better place now than where he was or where he felt that he was mm -hmm. the one last thing i wanted to add is uh considering he put it on youtube and he wanted people to know about it and i feel like i should share like one of his thoughts on I guess this suicide and if you care to like see what his thoughts on it were you could check out his YouTube channel which was before I go and you can if you go through his social media like I believe everything of his was public a lot of it was like his Twitter accounts and everything and obviously it's you're not gonna get a snapchat now but if you can somehow look up those things I you could kind of see the digression of where it all started and like mm -hmm. you can see the kind of like the whole process of what happened so and the only reason i share this is for people that are going through what he did mm -hmm. you know see maybe relate to what he's going through and all i could say is learn from it and mm -hmm. try not to make the same decision yes exactly so rest in peace dimitri yep. um and it's dimitri Demetrius Merith, right? D-M-I-T-R-I-U-S. And spell the last name? M-A-R-I-T-H. Okay, so they can find it if they're curious about it. And on his Facebook, it would probably be Demetrius Robert, which would be his middle name. Okay, cool. Just so you can follow whatever he had going on. He had two Facebook accounts, so you can actually see his... If you can ha have friends with both of those accounts, you can see how he used to be and to whatever happened to him in his progression in life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
Right. And you'll see it in his post. Like, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that are like still stalking his Facebook and seeing right. other connections and still posting them up. Yeah. So, what? and and just so that people don't just throw in assumptions, we're not necessarily saying or implying that it was uh, or insinuating that it's not because we really don't know. Know what? If it was drug related or, or if it was anything. something spiritual or emotional or psychological, or we really don't exactly know. No idea. So we're not implying Nothing. anything. But it you just, can watch it and under, try to get an understanding of where what's he going was on. Yeah. during that time. Um, so we'll cut this one off here. I'll probably do a short post or I'll just have this on robertlego.org. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to add all these links. So if you're hearing the audio, just look up everything that Miguel just said and try to find uh, all the information we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and if not, just go to robertlego.org and go to the the post that I did. And uh, that should link you to all the audios that uh, uh, Miguel, Dimitri, and myself did uh through the different visits that you guys did. So thank you very much for listening and thanks for sharing it, Miguel. Yeah, no problem. Nice to have. Okay.